Hey folks, welcome back to the Gird Up Podcast. Before we get started, I want to remind you to make sure you are following us on Instagram and Facebook. There's a special Facebook group you can join as well. Uh, there'll be questions and stuff on there, some discussions, some great chances to get advice from your fellow brothers. Um, otherwise, make sure you're sharing this podcast with people, telling them about it. If you hear an episode you really like, don't be afraid to share it on social media and that kind of good stuff. Uh, get the word out there about the podcast. Um, otherwise, I want to introduce today my buddy Jay Wall, Jeremiah Wallander. Uh, I've known him for years since we were both kids. Um, really enjoy spending time with him. I can't wait to share him with you today. So without further ado, Jeremiah Wallander on the Gird Up Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. The call to gird up is an ancient way of telling a man to prepare himself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers, brothers in Christ, working hard to become the men that God has called us to be. I am your host, Charlie Jungemach. I'm a teacher, a coach, music director, and a man of God, myself working toward the goal of, like David, being a man after God's own heart. We're happy you could join us. Now it's time to roll up our sleeves, to gird up, and become the men that God has created us to be. We are here with Jeremiah Wallander. Now, Jeremiah, what you go by Jerry sometimes? Yeah, not yep, always yep. though. Uh, not always. I, I pretty much go by both. But actually, uh, like even my professors will call me Jerry. As call you Jerry. Like so that. it's pretty yeah. much Jerry nowadays. Yeah, mo- most of the time, unless I'm in trouble. So are you gonna be Pastor Jerry someday? Or I, I haven't decided yet. I think that sounds cool. It kind of has a good ring to it. What so. do kids call you? Uh, mostly Jerry. Mostly Jerry. Right. So well, I mean, usually if they're like. I mean, most of the time, kids are just being sassy with me, so it's like Jerry Berry or like something like that. Like, hey, Jerry Berry. <laughs> <laughs> I like your, uh, I like the sass. That's total white kid sass right yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. All right, so you are Jeremiah Wallander mm-hmm. uh, from the Wallander clan. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody, you guys up in the Appleton area, I'm sure you've heard, especially if you're in the younger crowd, you've heard of the various members of the wallander clan That's they have right. a tendency to make themselves known um <laughs> in a good way in a very good okay, way okay everybody from mama wallander uh to and your brothers malachi and isaac both uh very talented guys with uh and Malachi always announces his presence when he walks in the room. So. That's right. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. We all got dude. a lot of we all got a lot of personality in us. Yes, we, for we, sure. We definitely got it from Dan and Laura so. <laughs> in the right ways too. Yeah. Yeah, and they did a heck of a job raising you guys too. Well, thank you. Yeah, I got a chance to stay with them for uh, band camp this year, and it was it was awesome. The first thing I noticed when I walked into your room. Um, I didn't sleep in your room, but I, of course, I had to go explore a little bit. Right. Uh, so yeah. there's a line of like 47 pairs of Jordans. Over oh, there. it was not 47. <laughs> it was not 47. How it's many like, pairs of Air Jordans do you own? Uh, I actually don't know the exact number. Um, I think it's like I own, I think, like 10 pairs of Jordans. 10 pairs? But uh, they're all, I, I, I've collected them. I, I'm wearing one of my favorite pairs right now, but these are kind of like my kick around uh, <laughs> pairs that I, I wear here when I'm walking around at camp, but... Yeah, I think I own like 10 pairs, but most of them I actually bought from Goodwill. I love shopping at Goodwill. So like I see them and I'm like, oh, there's a pair of J's and 10 bucks. I can't beat that. Yeah, I got to get them. <laughs> I man, have so. to buy them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's a moral. I'm like morality <laughs> says I have to buy these shoes. <laughs> if I didn't, I'd be letting myself down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't really talk, though, because I own like eight pairs of Nikes or 10 pairs of Nikes. Oh, so gotcha. I can't really talk. But so I've got training shoes. 
I've got um, coaching shoes, mm-hmm. that, so they're gym shoes that I only wear in the gym. And then I have actual like gym shoes that I wear when I go to the gym. Mm-hmm. And then a pair of lifting shoes and a pair of flat bottom like workout sh- training shoes, you know, for various things. So, right. I mean, you, they're, they're all necessary. All necessary. <laughs> I feel like this is a shot. <laughs> <laughs> they are absolute. I don't know. I oh man, yeah, I have a shoe problem too, so I can't uh. really talk. I don't know if it's a problem. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Whatever. If your feet look good, then you'll look good, play good, right? Yeah. Well, the, what I always think of is how um, most of the time, especially when you're w- working on making first impressions, one of the things that people always will look at are your shoes. And if you're trying to make a good first impression, you just want to have nice shoes. I, I don't feel like I've ever overspent on shoes. I think I'm actually pretty thrifty when it comes to my shoes. So, But I've always kept that in mind. Like, I want to make a good first impression with people. I want to uh, be people to be comfortable with me or what so not. Um, shoes. I really like shoes a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those guys, like you said, that just loves shoes. And I look at people's shoes, too. Like, my first impression will be partially based right. on your shoes. And you don't even notice that that's a thing until, like, at, until like I until I heard that I didn't even realize that yeah I do look at people's shoes like all yeah, the time yeah absolutely so what what I say is you got to have one pair of like good looking tennis shoes mm-hmm. you got to have one real and expensive pair of dress shoes yes yes um uh, mine are brown wingtips and they just look great and I oh, take great nice, care of them nice. and then you have to have a good if you're a man. You're not a man unless you got a good pair of Red Wing boots. Oh, heck yeah. And those, I mean, a good pair of Red Wings is going to push you. By the time you get the insoles and everything, it's going to push you like $400, $450. But <laughs> they're going to be, like, you're going to wear them for 20 or 30 years. That's right. So the way I looked, the way I justified it, at least in my head, was uh, I can either go through eight pairs of boots over that time, or I can just buy one pair of boots and go. It is going to be more expensive to keep buying boots over and over again. Yeah. Buy yeah. One good pair. Yeah. Plus, to take care of your shoes, like, really well. They like you can take them into the shop like once every six months, I think it is, and they'll clean them for you and like relace them if they need to be relaced and all really? that kind of stuff. Yeah, Holy they do cow, really good upkeep. Yeah, well, they're I mean, the shoes are the boots are guaranteed for life. So if you, you know, if you're going to guarantee something for life, you better take care of them. Right. For so sure. they do a great job of taking care of them. It's awesome. They yeah. they do a great job of return like return customers and return service. It's awesome. Wow, I'm gonna have to look into yeah. that. That's crazy. And then even like resoling them, you can resole them for. I don't even remember how much, but if you like bought your shoes from a Red Wing outlet, you can like even resoling them is very economical. Wow, I'm gonna yeah. have to look. Is economical that. the right word? I think so. We're gonna yeah. go with it. Whatever. I think it's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I agree. Okay. So you are uh, right now. We're sitting at Camp Phillip, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that in another episode. But what is your position at Camp Phillip? I am uh, one of the photographers here at Camp Phillip where I take pictures of the kids having fun. I take videos and then uh, we're here in my office right now with my computers and I make videos and DVDs that uh, the parents or the kids can buy and then they can watch them, kind of remind themselves how fun camp was. They're about a little less than an hour long. They kind of sum up the whole week with like different fun activities that happen and stuff like that. Is that uh, pictures or videos or both? It's both. It's both. So that so it's kind of like intertwined and then um, we we have a lot of our own music here at camp that we wrote. So then um, it's set to like uh, camp music is in the background. But then if something funny happens, then I'll like fade out the music, you know, and then like let the whoever funny happens talk and like fade it back up when the pictures <laughs> come back. I don't know. I get to be creative with it. I really like it. Cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's awesome. It suits you well, too. Yeah. Uh, so we're sitting up here in Watoma yep. or Watoma-ish. I don't know if it's actually Watoma. Is it Watoma? Yeah, yeah, it is Watoma. Okay. Yeah, yeah Watoma is the like 
if you're not familiar with Wisconsin, Watoma is you have to at least go to Watoma to say that you're up north. Yes. If you're south of Watoma, you're just in Wisconsin. Yes. If you're north of Watoma, you're up north. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. It's, the, it's the it's the bottom of up north. Mm-hmm. <laughs> up all, north. You can but you can buy shirts here in Watoma that say Watoma, Wisconsin, the middle of nowhere, and it's just like a star, like right <laughs> in the dead center of Wisconsin. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of places in the world that are more in the middle of nowhere, but compared to like the because everybody that comes up here is from like Milwaukee and Madison yeah, and all yeah. those places, and it really does feel like the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love I love those uh, um, both coming up here. Uh, and then when you get into like the Upper Peninsula or like up there, if you go up toward like I, I spend a fair amount of time at Camp Croix, so going up mm-hmm. to Camp Croix too. When you start getting those roads where the trees are encroaching on your driving space, uh-huh. and like there's a true canopy, like you, it feels like dusk, but the sun's shining above you. Uh, those are the roads oh, I want to be riding yes, on. Those yes, are the good I ones. I love that. I love sure. it. Uh, you're also a student up at Martin Luther College. Yeah, yes, I am. Uh, MLC is the place to be. Mm-hmm. I've been recruiting like crazy for them. They should throw some money my way. Yeah, sponsor <laughs> the podcast, MLC. Get on it. Um, anyway, <laughs> no, I, they might be listening too. They, they might, might be listening. listening. Oh, uh, oh shoot, I forgot his name. Uh, Steve Balza, if you're listening, yep. get on that. I'm gonna. I'll, if I interview you, will you? Will you? Uh, will you? sponsor the podcast that's the question oh nice yeah, yeah. i worked with steve balza this year for yeah. uh, mlc think balls of steve yeah yeah <laughs> good dude i love him yeah and he's uh talk about a man who like embodies a story of redemption mm-hmm. just like his family story and everything there mm-hmm. just very 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 cool yeah you awesome are gonna have stuff. to get an interview yeah with him. we are gonna have to interview him because he's such <laughs> a great dude he's gonna be one of those where we have to turn the base all the way up on that yeah <laughs> <laughs> um when I, when I was talking to professor paustian um, who's also an MLC professor, by the way. That's why he's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I accidentally said to him before the podcast started, I'm going to make you sound like a man. And he was like, <laughs> what? And then we both started laughing. I was like, I feel really bad about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, you got. I had to turn your base down a little bit. You oh, outclassed wow. me on the masculinity scale Holy there. Cow. So what do you study at MLC? So I'm on the pastor track. So I guess... Um, Technically, my uh, major is pre-seminary, biblical languages, that type of stuff. So uh, I've spent the past three years of my time really, really nailing down Latin, Greek, and Hebrew. I would not say that I'm um, an expert in all these things. <laughs> I would say jack of all trades, master of none. Like I can go. do the languages. I, I Don't ask me like a ton of difficult questions. I, mean, I could probably answer a few questions, but not not so much that I think I could ever teach it. But I am I am um, doing all right in that. So yeah, languages has been the big thing that I've been focusing on um, the past three years of school because that's what they really want us to get down now early on in the pastor track. Do you get to do a lot of like hands-on actual ministry stuff at MLC or uh, a decent amount? Um, so uh, this past year, Tudor Spouty. Uh, actually had guys go with him on uh, in-home visits to shut-in members uh, around the New Ulm area. They got to do that. Uh, there's a lot of different opportunities. I know that Anchor you used to be um, pretty involved in Anchor. Yeah, back I was the president of Anchor yeah. at one point. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know they do a lot of different stuff. They've actually contacted me. I've done devotion. I'm not in Anchor myself just because um, time doesn't really allow me to do it, but I have done devotions for them and stuff like that. Uh, ACR class, I'm taking that this year, but a lot of my friends took it. Um, it's advanced Christian rhetoric that uh, Professor Pauschen teaches, and that's like your preaching class where you're first learning uh, the basics of preaching and stuff like that. So yeah, there are uh, different ministry opportunities, but it also, um, what I found at MLC, 
is that the ministry opportunities are there if you want them. And not everyone goes after them, which is, you know, if you're trying to still feel out the water, I'm not one to judge and do however you want to do it. Camp Philip for me is definitely like a huge ministry practice for me, working with kids, giving devotions, giving Bible studies, uh, just like being with kids and being friendly with them. Um, but other people, they don't get that opportunity because they spend their summers like working in a factory or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So, um, MLC does have opportunities, daylight trips, um, other types of trips that they can go on to practice ministry and stuff like that. Um, I haven't taken any opportunity for the daylight trips or anything, but I do know that, uh, they exist. Well, and your summer is full of ministry too. So yeah. 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 How long does it take you to get home from here? From here? Yeah. It's an hour 10. Sometimes fifty five minutes if I'm <laughs> that just I, I have a terrible problem with speeding. Like it's bad. It's well really these country bad. roads, I mean I was actually thinking about that on the way up here. Like at some point you just kinda say, not that this is the right attitude to have, mm-hmm. but sometimes I'll just like look out the window and say, you know what? A day like today is worth two hundred dollars. <laughs> And I know, I know a month from now when I'm like scraping the bottom of the barrel to just buy groceries that I'm not going to feel that way. Yeah, for, for two minutes <laughs> but of just like, enjoyment. I just feel alive right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's put the pedal down. See, for me more often, it's I'm just driving. And as I'm going, like I'll just be going down the highway. Say I'm heading back to Appleton from Watoma. I'm just going down the highway and like there's no one on the road. It's just me and a ton of forest and trees. And I'm going, going, going. I think the speed limit's probably I think it's yeah, it's fifty five. <laughs> I look down eighty six. I'm going eighty six <laughs> right now. I gotta <laughs> slow it way down. Or you see like a deer and then you realize how fast you're going. So yeah. I do have a problem with speeding. I will admit that. I do. I need to Jeremiah Wallander's one weakness. Yeah. Speed. Yeah, he feels the need for speed. Yeah, uh, I like my. Uh, so if you don't, I I drive a. It's not a big truck, but it's a it's a big truck. Yeah, but it's, it's not like yeah. a big truck. It's not it's like a, a monster medium. truck. Yeah. yeah. Well, when I was interviewing Ben Jeske, he so he trained his kid, which is hilarious. Oscar, he he literally trained Oscar to say, um, like when you see a big truck. Um, ben will ask him, oh, it's a big truck. What does that mean, Oscar? And Oscar will say, compensation. <laughs> <laughs> and so we actually had the car. We were like standing in his dining room win- or his living room window looking across the street at my truck. And he's going, that's a big truck. And I didn't. So I didn't know they'd tell his kid to do that. Mm-hmm. So he goes, that's a big truck. I was like, yeah, but it's like right on that line where it's like you're not compensating for anything. You just like big trucks. Uh-huh. And he goes, oh, and he told me that. I was yeah. like, see. Exactly. Oh, that's there you so go. Funny. It used to be even louder than it. It still rumbles a little bit. It used uh-huh. to like shake the windows, but I lost, like, literally dropped a tailpipe on the road in the middle of downtown Milwaukee. Oh my god! And I had to like get out of my truck in a shirt and tie and climb under and pull the thing off. And I tried like eight different ways to fix it: bungee cords. I at one point soldered a uh, contraption made of wire hangers together to try and like hang the tailpipes again. It just never, mm-hmm. never worked. So now I got now I got single exhaust. Um, but it's still, oh, it rumbles. Holy so then cow. I get like when it starts shifting and you just, I'll even turn the radio off. Sometimes I just listen to the engine. Just a throaty roar. Oh. <laughs> mm. That's it gets awesome. my motor revving a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. I just drive a 2001 Honda Accord. <laughs> so it's not so much a rumbling, but that thing zips. Like it's got 280,000 miles on it and I'm still getting tickets. Well, I've man. seen a few vi- I've seen a few videos taking like little Accords and I don't remember the one, the one that's even smaller. It's like a hatchback and it, oh, lo- yeah. it looks like a little go-kart. I don't even remember what it is. But they like Is that a Fit? A Honda Fit? Maybe. Maybe. I I'm not quite I sure. I don't even remember. 
Um, but it's got like it's just like uh, it's a hatchback. Like it's got covers over the wheels and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a little tiny thing. But you change like you change the pulleys and open up the bore just a little bit, and that thing will go like two hundred miles an hour. Oh and it's like gosh. shaking and vibrating. <laughs> but that thing will fly. Like yeah. it, it beat. Uh, the video I was watching, no, they had souped it up a lot by yeah, the time it yeah. was actually doing this. But they like beat the Ferrari off the line and everything. It was just like, oh my oh gosh, my goodness. this tiny little car. But then it's got like a speed wobble at 70 miles an hour too. Uh-huh. So <laughs> That's nuts. Not That's exactly so a sports nuts. car. Yeah. Anyway, so you uh, are studying at MLC. Why did you go mm. to MLC? What makes you want to be a pastor? Well, uh, growing up. Pastor Robert Balza, he was my pastor at Eternal Love Lutheran in Appleton, and he uh, baptized me, he confirmed me, and he was always this huge role model to me, how intelligent he was, and how much of a people person he was, and how he just helped a lot of people with their problems, but overall, the man just loved God, and loved preaching Christ crucified, and showing people how much God loves them, and that was attractive to me. Uh, also at eternal love, we had, I think it was nine vicars, um, throughout my time there until we got a second pastor and those guys, I got really close with them. Like I think of, uh, vicar now pastor Bramdeo Ranglam. He was from St. Lucia and him and I became buddies and, uh, he took me to see like the dark Knight when it came (laughs) out and like, I think it was, yeah, the Simpsons movie and stuff like that. Like he asked my parents, like, is it okay if I take jeremiah and isaac out to a movie and like he had a playstation 3 when it came out and how he did youth ministry was so attractive to me and then there was vicar brian hockman and he's up in alaska now now pastor hockman and just like this really cool man who very calm and collected and like just again loved god and loved preaching christ crucified and to me that was just so cool like i i i wanted to do that i wanted to show people how much god loves them because some people might think it's a corny job or something like that. I don't I don't believe that whatsoever. I don't think it's corny at all. I think being a pastor is such a, a huge calling that God has men go out and do. And I, I found that I really, really wanted to do that. And then all the pastors that I met in high school at Fox Valley Lutheran where I went, like Pastor Wenzel, Pastor Ehlert, Pastor Shazer, these guys, I looked up to them so much and how they helped people and showed people Christ. And I just wanted to do that so bad. Well, and I think, frankly, sometimes people see the cliche and just shy away from it. You know, right. they see all the the cliches of like being the nonsensical stuff, and like you see a bad pastor in the pulpit, and there are there is such a thing as a bad pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also such a thing as a good pastor who's just not like exciting and eclectic. You know, like right. there you can be a good pastor without being like, you know, the, the best preacher in the right, world. Yeah. yeah. It's it's far more about shepherding your sheep, but people I think a lot of times will look at either like on one end they'll look at the bad examples or the I feel bad using the word bad examples, but you know the the the, the pastors that could use a little oomph, you know, right, right. and they look at that and they say, well, I don't want to be like that. Well, then don't be. Yeah, it shouldn't block you from going into the ministry. Right, like take the opportunity then to be different, be the exception to the rule then. And that's what I was excited about when you asked me to talk about, you know, pastor stuff, because I I immediately thought when you asked me when we were at um, First German for your cousin's wedding. uh, You did a great job at that wedding, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. My favorite one is the, um, oh, well, it's the one where they're like both straight faced and just like staring into the camera. Oh, and it looks so artsy. Yeah. What's that? What's that painting where the guy's like got a, uh, like a, a pitchfork? Oh, um, uh, yeah. The farmer one. uh, Yeah. It's, uh, was it like. 
Um, it's in the Chicago Museum. I can't remember what. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's are like, we dumb? So I don't, like, <laughs> where's my phone? <laughs> it's, uh, what is it called? Hang on, I'm looking it up right um, now. Uh, it's it's so like bad. American something or something like that. It's pitchfork like, painting. <laughs> gotta be it, man. Oh, what is it? As soon as you say it, wife. I'm gonna be like, yeah, oh, I know. Yeah. I bet we're both gonna kick ourselves once um, we figure it oh, out. Oh shoot. American Gothic. Ah, American That's Gothic. It. There we go. Yeah, yeah it reminded me of Amer- when I saw it. It reminded me of American Gothic, uh-huh. just like super straight faced and whatever. But at the same time, they just got like joy in their eyes. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. It's a great picture. Mm-hmm. Well, There's thank some you. good ones. But yeah, that's what I I wanted to talk about when we were when you asked me to talk about pastor stuff was how the pastor track like becoming a pastor does not have to be cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. It do, you don't have to be the same as the other guy. I think um one of the things I always remember is that God has given every guy different gifts. Especially I look across my class of pastor track guys. I think of Christian Willick. This is a guy who is insanely smart, so stinking smart. He's good at everything. And like not every guy's going to be like him. I think of another guy, Paul Ritter. He's an insanely funny man who's really, really good at making people laugh. I think of my roommate and best friend, Justice McKenzie, who shows his passion, his strong passion for God and his word and how much God loves people and how Justice is just this like great shepherding like man and i like i can i can name off so many of my classmates and all their characteristics but no two of us are exactly the same because we all have different gifts in different areas and different size biceps yeah yeah that too <laughs> <laughs> justin's got the big ones oh yeah he's huge you, yeah, you he's need to catch up to your roommate man uh no he we, we've tried we've tried i'm I, I think we just have different bodies and it's genes too it's genes man. oh yeah for yeah. sure you need to get on the charlie diet You'll be you'll be big in no time. Uh, okay, like six thousand calories a day. Oh man, I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, sometimes it's even more. Like on my off days, I eat even more. Like oh, on the days where I don't, gosh. when I don't fast and just like eat whatever I want, it can sometimes be up to like eight to ten thousand wow. calories a day. That's insane. Yeah. Well, and those are the days where I'm always hungry at the end of the day too, because they're like so many of them are empty calories. Like it's yeah, not it's yeah. not like you go eat a couple donuts and a you know, stack of pancakes and you're already at like 5,000 calories. Yeah, yeah, but then... Uh, yeah. And before 9 o'clock in the morning, you know? But, mm, man. Yeah, Sundays. I fast until lunchtime on Sunday, and then mm-hmm. sometimes it's planned. Sometimes it's just because I lose all self-control. <laughs> like, I'll wake up from a nap and just go, I'm hungry! And next thing I know, I'm like driving through the line at Big Deal Burger or something like yeah, that. But yeah. That doesn't happen as often as it used to. Uh-huh. I'm getting pretty disciplined. Well, you saw my meal prep here. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah with the sweet potato and broccoli yeah. or whatever beans yeah. you had in there. That well, and, and it's one of those things where my body kind of naturally sit. We just transitioned into working out here, but that's totally fitting uh-huh. um, because we're both so passionate about it. But uh, yeah, my body just like naturally sits, especially since I've been the body type I have been for so stinking long. Like I am naturally uh pretty long and lean guy and my family is also very long and lean mm-hmm. um but worked so hard to be big for so long and i got up like there were times where i was up in, in the 260s like when i was playing football it was just like that's where i needed to be yeah. to be effective so that's where i was and even though the roster said like to like 225 <laughs> or something like that but I, like, I was a big boy several times uh some of my old teammates will talk about fat charlie um, but, uh, well, sheesh. <laughs> well, I mean, I was huge, it, but like, I wanted to be that way. Cause that's the way it was. Yeah, yeah. That's the way I needed to be anyway. Um, so my body will naturally sit at like two thirty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
even if I get to that point and just like try to lose weight, like if I work out harder, I'll stay at 225 and slim down. Mm-hmm. So that's where I, like I just try and sit at 235 and go from there. If I ever join the military, which my clock is ticking on that anyway, the Lord keeps closing that door. So I guess, I guess it's teaching, teaching is, is what it is. Right. Um, but which I love, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I'll have to lose like 25 pounds if I ever join the military. Yeah. But we'll see. I'll get a waiver signed or something like that. Like even at the fastest I ever was, like I was running a, you know, five and a half six minute mile, uh-huh. which isn't fast, but for a two hundred and thirty yeah, yeah. pounder, that's pretty good. I would, still, I would still say that is pretty fast. I, still, and, like. and I still weighed like two hundred thirty two twenty five, uh-huh. even at my best shape ever. Like the year we were doing CrossFit like crazy and just like got super lean. I had visible abs for the only time in my entire life, or wow. nearly visible abs, I should say. If you if you flexed hard enough, yeah. If you yeah. flex, or if you catch me right after a workout in the right light, you can see like the, the top th- <laughs> like the top three or four yeah, abs yeah. just like barely showing. Uh-huh. Um, now I've got that all the time. By the way, if you if you look through the hair, the hair actually <laughs> starts to outline it a little bit when I'm really sweaty. Like the hair will lay down oh, and man. outline my abs. Yeah. Now that you know, ladies, now yeah. that you know. Put some nair on that or something. <laughs> Dude, were you in the band when we tried to nair my back? Yes, I was there. I, and I think I was, I think I was, I, wait, wait, wait. probably wait, the wait. guy that put it on. No, no, no. But see, the thing was, is I would, remember, I was so much younger than everybody else. Do you, like, I think I was like, <laughs> Charlie's dying in here. <laughs> That. It was the day before we went to Great or uh, Six Flags. Yeah, we I think were going to go to the water park. I think and I was like, guys were like, we are not walking around the park with you if you don't shave your back." Uh-huh. I was like, "I'm not shaving my back." And I think it was like Kendrick Klein or Kyle Dubiak or somebody yeah, went out yeah. and bought like Nair for men, and then they burned it right <laughs> off your skin. And so we, we didn't read directions. We just covered my back with Nair. Oh, gross. never read the directions. This podcast took a weird turn. I well, the weirdest part. <laughs> about it is i think i was like 12 years old when that happened and i was still helping with it because isaac was helping with it and i wanted to be cool like all the cool kids they were rubbing this stuff on your back like man this is stinking weird that we're doing this right now but i want to fit in with all the cool people so i'm gonna rub this nair on charlie's hairy skin Well, so we never read the directions, so we yeah. left it out for too long. Uh-huh. So instead of the hair coming off, it just like fused together, and it was just like this <laughs> gross, nasty, like matted mess. Uh-huh. And it even said like if the hair is more than a half an inch long, shave it first, yeah. and then nair it. And we just didn't read it, and uh-huh. so but that just this is getting grosser and grosser. Uh, we're talking about how long my back hair is yeah. now. But, oh, oh, oh man. we're gonna talk. Oh, never mind. <laughs> we're talking about pastor stuff now. We're talking about nairing. <laughs> Well, I got, to, I got to work it out, and oh, that's right. I went to. I should. Oh man, I should have never talked about the hair. You it comes with the, the beard, though. The beard. Oh, if you kidding? I don't cut that stuff. <laughs> okay, awesome. I cut out like inappropriate things, but that was awesome. No, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, with with great chest hair comes great beard. So right, right. It comes with the territory, man. Uh-huh. I'm, my eyes are watering right now. Yeah, you work. I I wish I wish anyone who's listening to this right now could see this because Charlie was like crying, laughing. I actually completely forgot about that. Until I did right too. Now. Like, I, did I don't think I've thought about that for years. It was in a locker room in Perry, Ohio. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. It was the uh, the high school was built on an old um, power plant. Mm-hmm. So it was an old nuclear power plant that they had like disassembled. And so outside the football stadium, there were like three silos that still had nuclear waste in them. Yep. And they had gotten some special grant. 
and they had like extra millions, like literally they had extra millions to build their school. So it had like state of the art stadium and locker rooms and they had like an entire gym, like not like a small gym, like you, like you'd imagine for like a, a wrestling room. They had an entire gymnasium, like field house style gymnasium dedicated solely to wrestling yep yeah like it i was remember insane. that this was like a huge school yeah, it was, it was massive. nuts yeah yeah like wasn't that, their football field like completely turf and that was before it was like a norm yeah right? and it was yeah. and they were talking so the reason we have all this information is that like they gave us a tour not like a tour tour of the school but they like walked us through to show us where our stuff was uh-huh. and the maintenance staff was talking about like yeah don't don't start to think we have a lot of money like we spent it all on this building but you know it's on an old nuclear site and they were like talking to us and we we're asking questions and stuff it was it was a beautiful school. Yeah. And the yeah. Com- it wasn't in a, like, if I remember correctly, Perry, Ohio was like the size of lacrosse. Like, so it's not huge by any means. And they're like two high schools in town. Yeah. And just because of where they built it, they got extra funding from the government and they just a beautiful school. Yeah, it Gorgeous. I remember yeah. that. What a great place to rehearse. For sure. Yeah. Anyway, so weightlifting and working out, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's an important part of, of lifestyle, mm-hmm. taking care of your body. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, it's just fun. Like, I really enjoy it. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I hate the cardio part, but yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you and Justice work out together. Yep. A lot. Quite uh, a bit. Yep. Um, even even the one time when you visited MLC. We yeah. Well, there. I always work out when I go to MLC because yeah. I like to work out in my old digs. Right. Even though the places I work out now are probably higher quality uh-huh. it's just so many memories in that uh in that fitness center so. yeah i love it yeah i remember wow man so many good memories in there yeah like the day david spouty googled how to talk to girls oh my that gosh glorious That's sorry funny. david spouty if you're listening sorry to embarrass you it's funny because dan spouty is my roommate this year because justice yeah. is getting married oh, so nice. dan spouty david's little brother is my roommate. well dan knows how to talk to girls doesn't he oh yeah oh, oh yeah. yeah dan knows how to there talk to go. girls <laughs> <laughs> wow we're firing shots <laughs> Sorry, David. Send me an email sometime. I'll I'll uh... <laughs> make it up to you with an interview. Yeah, yeah. I'll interview you, and we'll we'll, we'll clear the air on that story sometime. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious. You've got two tattoos. Yep. Um, one's on your wrist. Yep. And it's in Greek or Hebrew. Uh, this is in Hebrew. So the one on my wrist. Um, it, so it says Psalm 144, verse one. And then it's the Hebrew word suri, which means my rock. So Psalm 144 verse 1 says, Praise be to the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. And then on my right bicep right here, I got three stripes um, going. And I got this actually right after I got engaged this past December. Um, So three is actually a really important number to me. So it's based on a cord of three strands is not easily broken. It's also based on the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But then I'm also the third of three boys. So I like look at these stripes. So it represents Kelly, God, and me. It also represents God, uh, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. But then it also represents Malachi, Isaac, and then me, Jeremiah. Very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, that's deep. Yeah, I, how long I, did it take you to figure that out, or did you see it and be like, "Oh, I like that tattoo. I'm gonna go get it." I uh, my my number. So I only have two tattoos. In all honesty, I would love to have more. I know I'm gonna get more down the line, but to me, they all have to have very very specific meanings to them. I I love tattoos. I really do. And if you if people get tattoos, just have tattoos. To me, I'm like, well, that's your choice. But like how I want my tattoos, I always want them to have some like deep connection that will be that's timeless throughout my entire life and uh the um 
Hebrew one. I knew I was becoming a pastor. I knew that I was going to study Hebrew. And I, I always loved that passage, trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. Maybe not necessarily lethal combat, but even the fight against Satan and temptation every single day. God is my rock, my tsuri. Um, he is who I find shelter and who I cling to. Uh, the three stripes. Um, I don't, I just came up with both of my tattoos and my number one rule is when I coming up with a tattoo, the moment I think of it, I have to like it. Like I have to be like, yes, I'm getting it. And these are the only two that I've ever come up with where I had no question. Yep. I'm getting it because I just love the meaning behind both of them. And this one, people can tell it's biblical because there's Psalm 144 verse one. Right well, most people it. that have Hebrew tattooed on themselves. Right. Yeah. But then this one, like the three stripes is just a little bit more cryptic to people because they're like, Oh, what does that mean? Like even kids are like, is that from the movie Jumanji? Like I get asked that like all the time. And it, and it's funny to me because I got it. Um, I got it before like the movie was even big or anything before people knew about it. Like no one even asked me about it. It wasn't until this summer until people were like, is that from Jumanji? I'm like, no, no, no. And then it's, it's a good explanation. Like I love explaining it to people because every single time, just the reaction that you had, people are like, wow, that is like really deep and really awesome. And it's a great reminder for me. It's in a spot that I can hide if I need to hide it. But like <laughs> at the same time I can look at it and I'm just reminded of God, of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit, my brothers, and my fiance, all in one. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to ask about the Mister Mister Rogers <laughs> shirt you're wearing too. Yeah, so right now I'm wearing a wearing a Fred Rogers shirt. It says Mister Rogers Neighborhood on it. Um, growing up, I didn't have cable, so I watched Arthur, Mister Rogers Neighborhood and reruns of Seinfeld. Those were like the three <laughs> shows that I watched all the time. So I like love Seinfeld. I've seen every single episode of Seinfeld ever made. Um, I loved Arthur. I still love Arthur. I have an Arthur shirt that I like to wear. Uh, I get a lot of compliments on that one. But then this one, Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers is a little bit um, deeper to me. Fred Rogers is probably one of my favorite like historical characters just in television history, American history. And people don't realize he was revolutionary. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I I've I've like talked about it for years. That's why I was so excited when that documentary came out called Won't You Be My Neighbor that just came out this this um summer. And I haven't seen it yet because I've been here at camp, but the moment I'm able to get to a movie theater or watch it in any type of way, I wanna watch it because I've heard such good things about it and just talking about how he just fought racism without like being violent. He mm-hmm. just was so calm and collected in everything that he did. Um, children showing love to children. I work here at Camp Phillip. I love working with kids. Kids are one of my favorite like subjects to work with and how he just showed such love, gentleness, and care to children. And a lot of people, it, like, and it's sad because in our society, some people are like, oh, that's creepy. No, that's not, that's not creepy at all. He is showing, or, you know, he's passed away now, but he was showing um, kids that you do matter. You do matter, too. This isn't just an adult world where kids are like, well, you got to wait till you become an adult to really experience things, or you got to wait till you become an adult until you matter. No, like Mr. Rogers was so revolutionary, in, especially in American culture, to showing kids you matter too and i think that's biblical 100 percent, because jesus has even even said let the little children come to me this isn't just for adults this isn't just so that uh adults can hear this word this isn't just for teenagers no this is for everyone that includes people of all races and people of all ages and that's what i love how mr rogers just was this man who said i love children i'm going to care for children and i'm going to show them that they matter just as much as everyone else 
Well said. Well said. On that note, we'll say goodbye for today. Uh, if you want to get a hold of Jeremiah Wallander, um, so he's got his photography business, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he's huge on Instagram. I shouldn't say. Well, yeah, huge. we'll go with huge. We'll be. Uh, we'll be. Uh, um, we're we're going to predict the future here. You're huge on Instagram. Um, how can people find you if they want to find you? Uh, yeah, so I have two Instagram pages. I have Jerry Wallander. That's J E R R Y W A L L A N D E R. Um, that's on Instagram. That's my personal page, just more of my personal stuff. But then my business page is Jer the Photographer. So that's J E R T H E Photographer on um, Instagram as well. And that's my business page where I have all my photography postings from weddings and stuff like that. Either uh, resource people message me on all the time, stuff like that. So yeah, if you ever want to reach me, you can reach me on Instagram. Awesome. What about like Facebook or anything there? Yeah, Facebook. Uh, I'm on uh, as Jeremiah J. Wall Wallander because that was my nickname for a really long time was J. Wall. So like some people wouldn't even know that my <laughs> actual name is Jeremiah. So they just type in J. Wall on Facebook and that's how they'd that's how they'd find me. Yeah, I'm on Facebook as well. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Tune in again uh, next time to hear more from Jeremiah. But uh, for now, thanks, Jeremiah. Yeah, Great thank conversation. You. Sorry we talked so much about my body here. No, that's all right. It's hilarious. <laughs> all right. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, you can find more episodes like this on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, the podcast app, and Pippa. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at Time to Gird Up. You can find us on Facebook at The Gird Up Podcast. Or if you want to email me, you can email me at Coach Ungemach, that's U N G E M A C H, at gmail.com. Please leave a five star rating and review on this podcast on iTunes. The more four- and five-star ratings we receive, the more people we will reach on iTunes because iTunes will boost us more. Thank you to Seth Pommeyer for our podcast art, and thank you to you, the listener, because without you, this podcast would not be possible. So with that, I encourage you to go out, man up, gird up, and become the men that God has created us to be. Have a good one.